Hello and welcome to this edition of Sound Teaching. Preachers hear the question all of the time, how often do I have to come to church? I'm afraid that many Christians have the idea that church attendance, worship attendance, is something that is indeed an obligation rather than a privilege. came across recently a, a satirical piece that was written in the form of a letter to a preacher that I want to share with you. It starts off, Dear Preacher, you've often stressed attendance at worship as being very important for a Christian, but I think a person has a right to miss now and then. I think every person ought to be excused for the following reasons and the number of times indicated. First of all, Christmas, either the Sunday before or after, miss one Sunday. New Year's, the party lasted too long, miss one Sunday. Easter, have to get away for the holiday, one Sunday missed. July 4th, a national holiday, another Sunday missed. Labor Day, need to get away, one Sunday missed. Memorial Day, another need to get away weekend, one Sunday missed. School closing, kids need a break, one Sunday. School opening, one last fling, one Sunday. Family reunions, both mine and my wife's, that's two Sundays. Sleep late, because sometimes Saturday night activities last so long, four Sundays. Deaths in the family, four Sundays. Anniversary, second honeymoon, one Sunday. Sickness, one for each of the family members, that's about five Sundays. Business trips, a must, three Sundays. Vacation, three weeks, three Sundays. Bad weather, ice, snow, rain, clouds, six Sundays. Ball games, four Sundays. Unexpected company, can't walk out on them, that's five Sundays. And then time changes, spring ahead, fall back, two Sundays. Finally, specials on TV, like Super Bowl, things like that, three Sundays. Preacher, that leaves only two Sundays per year. So, you can count on us to be in church on the fourth Sunday in February and the third Sunday of August, unless providentially hindered. Sincerely, a faithful member. Well, in the course of a discussion concerning the times in which a Christian must attend services of the congregation, it is often that many hairs are split. Those who claim that Christians do not have to attend on Sunday evenings or on Wednesday evenings make such arguments as, well, the Bible never says that we have to worship on Wednesday nights, or as long as we're present on Sunday morning to partake of the Lord's Supper, we fulfilled our duty. Now, there is seldom very much disagreement at all concerning our authority for coming together for prayer and teaching at different times of the week. Almost everyone agrees that it's scriptural to do so. Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47 is one passage among several which proves that the first century disciples made Christianity a daily part of their lives. The dispute is whether or not a Christian must attend these authorized services. I think that I could turn to a passage such as Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, and prove that indeed it is an obligation of Christians to attend the services of the local church. That text reads, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. A concern, love for one's fellow man, a desire to exhort our brothers and sisters in Christ, compels us to come together for the purpose of worshiping God and to exhort and encourage each other. But despite what I think is the letter of the law in regard to this text, it may be that some place so much emphasis on the letter of the gospel of Christ in their attempts to say, well, we only have to do certain minimum things, that they forget the spirit of the gospel. One, I don't believe, can be emphasized to the exclusion of the other. 
It would not be pleasing to God, for example, to partake of the Lord's Supper with your minds turned to worldly things. And in the same way, God would be displeased if one was to deny the plain teaching of Scripture with regard to the elements uh, that are used in the participation of the Supper and instead partake of hamburgers and Kool-Aid while discerning the Lord's body. And in that regard, the spirit of the gospel of Christ. We find in the text of Matthew 10, for example, that the Christian is commanded to put God first in his life. God is to come before our own families, even before our own lives. In verses 37 and 39, uh, Jesus said, He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Finally, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, a simple question I would like to ask at this time. Is spending one hour out of 168 hours in a week putting God first in your life? I suppose if that were possible that that's the total amount of time you could spend, it may be so, but such is usually not the case. Five hours of worship and study are routinely scheduled at most congregations, the meeting house each week. Some members have studies in their homes in addition to the regularly scheduled services of the church. And then we all have Bibles which can be opened and read at any time of the week, minds that are open for prayers to God at a moment's notice. We need to take advantage of these opportunities. There's nothing wrong with that, but what what is right with taking advantage of these opportunities? Absolutely everything. We need to never go to the scriptures with the intent of finding what is the bare minimum that we have to do to make it to heaven. Such an attitude within itself could very conceivably condemn our souls. Instead, we should go to the scriptures with the intent of finding out every way possible in which we can serve God. In the realm of attendance, why flirt with disaster by trying to find the bare minimum necessary? of being in danger of violating that passage which teaches us that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. Why not be in your seat every time the doors are opened? Why not follow the example, the feelings, the attitude of King David in the 122nd Psalm when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go unto the house of the Lord. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching Broadcast is brought to you by the Westside Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you.